want to talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we're in Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be going. And so we hear a lot about this term. We, we see it. We hear it. We read about it. We talk about it. Uh, different groups of people have different ways of believing it and looking at it. But we want to see what Acts chapter 1 says about this and uh, get an understanding of what being baptized with the Holy Spirit is and what happens when that happens. And so in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, Luke is writing here. Luke wrote the book of Acts and he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And so therefore, Luke wrote to a man by the name of Theophilus and he wrote in another book. So Luke wrote the book of Acts. What other book? Trivia question. What other book did Luke write in the Bible? Luke, okay. Well, <laughs> you know. Just in case you're on a trivia quiz sometimes, you need to know maybe. So he wrote two books. Luke wrote two books, Luke and Acts. So anyway, in my former book, he just said, I wrote all about what Jesus began to do, what he began to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And so he says, Theophilus in my former book wrote about what Jesus taught, what he spoke on, his miracles, things he did, things he said, and how he gave instructions right up till the time he was taken up to heaven. And uh, so, so let's back up to Luke, the other book that he wrote, and just see what he said toward the end of the book of Luke. He told them, Jesus did, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus is just telling the disciples one last time before he's taken up to heaven, uh, you knew this Christ would suffer, and you knew the Messiah would suffer, he'd rise from the dead on the third day. You knew that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name, in his way, in his commission, all across all the world, and it would all begin in Jerusalem because that's where all the... I want to talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and we're in Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be going. And so we hear a lot about this term. We, we see it, we hear it, we read about it, we talk about it. Uh, different groups of people have different ways of believing it and looking at it, but we want to see what Acts chapter 1 says about this and uh, get an understanding of what being baptized with the Holy Spirit is, and what happens when that happens. And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, Luke is writing here. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And so therefore, Luke wrote to a man by the name of Theophilus, and he wrote in another book. So Luke wrote the book of Acts. What other book, trivia question, what other book did Luke write in the Bible? Luke, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, just in case you're on a trivia quiz sometimes, you need to know maybe. So he wrote two books. Luke wrote two books, Luke and Acts. So anyway, in my former book, he just said, I wrote all about what Jesus began to do, what he began to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And so he says, Theophilus in my former book wrote about what Jesus taught. What he spoke on, his miracles, things he did, things he said, and how he gave instructions right up till the time he was taken up to heaven. And uh, so, so let's back up to Luke, the other book that he wrote, and just see what he said toward the end of the book of Luke. He told them, Jesus did, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus is just telling the disciples, one last time before he's taken up to heaven, uh, you knew this Christ would suffer and you knew the Messiah would suffer. He'd rise from the dead on the third day. 
You knew that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name, in his way, in his commission, all across all the world, and it would all begin in Jerusalem because that's where all the Christians were in that day and time. There were no Christians outside of Jerusalem. As people were getting saved, as we're going to see later in the book of Acts, uh, they're all Jews. They're all coming out of Judaism right there in Jerusalem first. And he says in verse 2 then, uh, 48 then, you're my, you're a witness to these things that you disciples, you apostles, you're witnesses to these. You, you've seen these things. You've seen the miracles. So I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until, until you have been clothed with power from on high. And last week looked at the Holy Spirit that he would send the, the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, the one who comes alongside. And that's who he's talking about here. Uh, stay in Jerusalem. Uh, stay in the city of Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to send the one who we promised. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. And so the only thing they needed to do was praise the Lord, worship the Lord, and wait. And so sometimes we have a hard time waiting when God, uh, when we pray and say, Lord, I need this, I want that, would you do this, would you do that? And then we want to wait. Or do we want to wait? We want God to do something right now. But they had to wait. And so from the time, uh, the day of Pentecost, chapter 2, which we won't get to tonight, but uh, from the time of the Passover meal when Jesus was there with the Passover meal with his disciples, to the day of Pentecost is 50 days. And so from that point was 50 days for this to happen. Uh, you stay there until this time. So they've got 50 days to wait for this to happen. Well, verse 3 then, after his suffering, after Jesus suffered, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And so he would ate, he ate with them. You would find in the book of John where he ate with them. You would find where uh, one time he appeared to ten of the disciples, but Thomas was missing. And when they told Thomas about, we saw the Lord, we saw him, uh, he came here, we, we met with him. And Thomas said, I don't believe you, I don't, unless I put my fingers, remember the story, put my fingers in the nail holes, put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. So the next day or next time they met a week later, here comes Jesus, walks through the wall, the door, appeared to him. And he said, I hear you don't believe. I hear you don't, uh, you have doubts about me. And he said, see my hands, you know, put your finger in there. See my side, put your hand there. And so I do believe. And so gave many convincing proofs, ate with them, uh, showed him himself, talked to them. And so he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So all during this 40-day period, uh, 10 days before Pentecost, it ended, and uh, he, he appeared to them different times, different places, and met with them, talked with them. Well, on one occasion, in particular, he said, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And so he said, just hold on, just wait here, something's going to happen, the Holy Spirit's coming, the counselor's coming, the advocate's coming. You've got to wait here for my Father to uh, deliver it, deliver him, the Holy Spirit. You've heard me speak about him. You, you know all about it. And so just hold on. Just wait. For John baptized with water. Talking about John the baptizer, baptizing people in the Jordan River with water. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about two different things. And what I made sure I did was 
go back and, and look this up and make sure I underlined it and highlighted it, make sure I got it, got this right. You see the word, John baptized with water. And then you see the word, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In reading and trying to understand those two words, baptized, they're very similar, but they're two different Greek words. And so when you go back and look up these two words, you find two different meanings, very similar meanings, but for our sake of understanding this, we need to understand those two words. So what, <laughs> this was funny how the commentators and, and the Greek understanding of the language went to a man by the name of Nicander, N-I-C-A-N-D-E-R, Nicander. Nicander was a, uh, a, a Greek poet and was also a physician, a doctor, just like Dr. Luke here. And so as they, he was explaining, he was trying to help people understand these two words and the difference in these two words. He said, here's my story of trying to help everybody understand the difference in these two words. He said, in order to make a pickle, talking about a pickle that you eat, okay, a real pickle, the vegetable, which is before it becomes a pickle, what is it? Cucumber. Okay. The cucumber should first be dipped, baptized, the first word there, dipped, immersed, and when we talk about uh, when we baptize somebody, we immerse them, we dip them, we put them in the water, you go under the water, that's baptized, and so he says same thing about, and if you know about some recipes for pickles, if you've ever cooked pickles, you, you understand what he's saying here, it should first be dipped into boiling water, and so you cook your pickles, you, you dip them in boiling water, but then... You baptize, the second word is a different word, baptizo, in a vinegar solution. So you take them out of the boiling water, and then you dip them into this vinegar, this hot vinegar. You've done two different things. You're still going to immerse it, uh, dip it, go under, but here's the difference. Both of these verbs concern immersing of vegetables in a solution, one in water, one in vinegar. The first dipping, the first baptizing, the first immersion is temporary. You're going to dip it in there, you're going to immerse it in there, and then you're going to get it out. Just like when we do water baptism with people, we dip them in the water. We don't hold people under for, you know, 30 seconds or two minutes or anything like that. You know, we, <laughs> you know, we, we just dip and we come right up. And so that's what he's talking about with pickles and this first word, bapto. But the first one is temporary. But the second one, this act of baptizing, this act of baptizo, is a permanent change. Something happens when you take that hot boiling pickle out of the water and put it into the vinegar. Something happens to the taste of that cucumber. It begins to be something that you want to eat uh, on your hamburger or you just want to take it and eat it or, or however you eat a pickle. Something permanent happened to it when it was dipped into this vinegar. Something temporary happened to it when it was dipped in the water. Same thing with us spiritually speaking. When we're baptized with water, it's temporary. We go in the water, we come out. All that baptism is is a symbol that I've died to the old way of life and I've been resurrected to the new way of life in Jesus. It doesn't save us. Baptism doesn't save us. We're not going to come up out of the water and say, I'm going to heaven now. It's simply a symbol. Died to the old self, raised to the new self. The baptizing that takes place with the Holy Spirit is something that is permanent. We never get over it. We don't get 
changed out of it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit lives in us. When the Holy Spirit comes in us, He stays. Uh, in other scriptures in the New Testament, it talks about the Holy Spirit being the seal. We're sealed until we die and go to heaven. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does for lack of a uh, longer understanding. The Holy Spirit does a lot of things we're going to be talking about for a while as He lives in us, but He seals us, permanently saving us until the time that we die and we go to heaven. And so that's what he's talking about here with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we got baptized with water, he said. But then soon you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to make a permanent difference in your life. Water baptism, a symbol of what God does in us through the repentance when we accept Him as Lord, Master, and Savior. So when they met together, they asked Him, Well, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He says... You're not listening, are you? I'm talking about baptizing. I'm talking about understanding what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And then they want to go into the fact of saying, well, hey, are you now going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And it's like they're missing the point of what he's talking about with the Holy Spirit. But were they? Were they really missing the point? Because you see, so many things in the Old Testament that they knew from the prophets, they knew about the Holy Spirit coming. And they had an understanding of what the Holy Spirit would do when he came such as in Isaiah 32, uh, till the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the desert becomes a fertile field and the fertile field seems like a forest. The Holy Spirit would come on the land of Israel as they understood from Isaiah and the Holy Spirit would make a difference in Israel. In Isaiah 44, for I will pour water on thirsty land and the streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. The Holy Spirit would make a difference for generations to come on the land and on the people of Israel. Ezekiel said, Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. For I sent them into exile among the nations. I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit on the house of Israel, declares Sovereign Lord. The Holy Spirit would make a difference that's permanent in the people. Joel, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. The Holy Spirit's going to make a difference on the people you see. And then in Zechariah, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, Jesus, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and give grief bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn. And so on the house of David, they would he would pour out his spirit on Israel. And so all those scriptures and so many others, there's many about the Holy Spirit coming and how different it would, the Holy Spirit will make Israel. And so when they ask this question, okay, the Holy Spirit's coming, we know about the Holy Spirit from Isaiah, Zechariah, Joel, and all these other places. Now's the time. Are you going to restore Israel? Are you going to overthrow this Roman government and, and bless us and sanctify us and make things different permanently for us from now on? And he said to them, <laughs> Well, I'll answer that question. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority. He says, basically, it's none of your business when that's going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter when that's going to happen. Don't worry about it when it's going to happen. This thing about you know overthrowing the Roman government and, and doing all these things you think the Holy Spirit ought to be doing, don't worry about it. And so many times today we get caught up in it too. Well, Jesus is probably coming back September 15th, you know, and uh, of this year. And so many people have written so many books through the years. You can go back for years 
and find all these books that have been written. Jesus is coming back and they'll tell a date, they'll tell a time, they'll tell where he's coming and, and all these kind of things. You've seen those books, maybe you probably have. I've seen a lot of them. And, uh, yet we're still here. He hadn't come back yet. And so it is with them. They were thinking, well, when? Give us a date and time so we'll know when that's going to happen so we'll be prepared. That's why Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or dates. That way we have to be prepared all the time. We have to stay ready to keep from getting ready. Because one of two things will happen in our lifetime. We'll either die or Jesus will come back. We don't know which will happen first. And that's why we've got to be prepared for either one. And that means we receive the Holy Spirit. We repent of our sins. We uh, were saved or born again. We repent. All the things that we talk about with salvation making us ready for that time. So he says, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by His own authority. But, he says, hold on. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When you do receive the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit does come, when the Holy Spirit is sent, you're going to receive power when He comes on you. And as you receive that power, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he says this thing about the dates and the times of restoring Israel to the way it used to be, he said that's irrelevant to what I'm saying about the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the power, you're going to have the power to do one thing, to be my witnesses, to be able to tell others about me and what I have done in your life and how he can do the same thing in their lives. And so we need power to be able to do that because in our own power, we're not going to tell people about Jesus. You know, we're just not going to wake up every morning and say, I think I'll go to the store and tell somebody about Jesus. Seems like a thing to do. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. And, you know, that sort of thing. But when we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, it flows out of us because the Holy Spirit's doing something within us. So he said, you're going to start in Jerusalem, right where you are, and this is going to spread to Judea, the larger place, Samaria, the larger place, into the earth, the largest place. <clears throat> and you're going to have the power to do it by the Holy Spirit coming upon you. So instead of the knowing the date, times and dates for this restoration of Israel that they were so concerned about, overthrowing the Roman government, setting, up, setting it up like it used to be under King David, <clears throat> they were simply to be Christ's disciples, Christ's witnesses, Christ's ambassadors all the way to the end of the earth after, after I capitalized it, they've been supernaturally powered by the Holy Spirit. Not before, they wouldn't have the power to do it. Afterwards, they would. Same with us. Before we're saved, we won't have the power to do it. After we're saved, we do. So it goes on to verse 9. Well, after he said this, Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. So Jesus was telling them these things in chapter, uh, I mean, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8 that we just read. And so after he got through talking about it, after he got through telling them about it, the Holy Spirit's coming, going to receive power to do the work that I want you to do, be my witnesses. He's simply taken up before their eyes. I mean, they're just standing there talking to him, He's or he's talking to them, and then all of a sudden he's taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hit him from their sight. Once he got to a certain point, the clouds, where'd he go? It was, he's gone. Clouds hit him. Well, he's gone. And so they were looking intently up in the sky as he was going. There he goes. We see him. Where is he going? He's going back to heaven. And as they're looking up in the sky, watching him go away, suddenly two men dressed in white there we go again like this morning with the tomb and they stood beside them you know two people two men just walk up stand beside them and they said to them men of galilee they said 
Why do you stand here looking into the sky? You know, why are you looking watching him go? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven, this one you've just been talking to, will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. He'll come back through the sky, come back through the clouds, just like he went. That's how he's going to come back. So as Jesus ascended into heaven, his continuing work on earth would now be in place, would now be placed into the, into the hands of his disciples. Those people that you would go on and read chapter 1, chapter 2, and Acts, um, he was simply placing his commission, the great commission, into their hands. But even more than that, he's placing it into our hands because what's the purpose of the church today? You know, again, as I was talking about evangelism books this morning, uh, the best one I know is written by Dr. Seuss, but um, many people have also written many books about the purpose of the church. What's the church supposed to do? What's the church supposed to be doing? What, what's the meaning and the purpose? And, you know, how do you have church? And what do you do about church? And all these kind of things, books, 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 after uh, many pastors and others out there, what's the purpose of the church? And it's very, very simple. Just simply right here, it's what Jesus talked about, what Acts talks about. It's very simple, the work of the church, purpose of the church. Carry on the work Jesus began. Just keep doing what Jesus was doing. How? Through the leadership and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's not something we have to go to school and learn about. It's not something we have to have to take a class on. It's just simply saying, I'm born again. I'm saved. I repented of my sins. I turned to Christ. I was placed in His hands, placed my life in His hands. I received the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit lives in me and empowers me to do the work that I'm here to do, that He sent me to do, that is His leadership, but also His empowerment to just carry on the work that Jesus carried on. And that's all they did. As you read the book of Acts, that's all they were doing. All these, They just simply went around just telling people about Jesus, just going here, going there, leading people to Him, uh, pointing them to Jesus, being that agent for Jesus, an ambassador for Jesus, and just telling people about what He had done in their life and what He can do in their life, having faith in Him. And so as we move forward uh, through all of this, talking about the Holy Spirit and in the weeks to come, it's we have homecoming. Uh, there's some things we're going to do during homecoming, talking about different people going to single out and ask them to look back in their ancestry because some of the people here in Longstraw have ancestry that goes way, way back of relatives that were influential in the church, that worked in the church here, that they have some stories about. We want them to share those stories with the group on homecoming. And also we have, a, I've got a history of Longstraw that I've, I found, and I'm putting it together and getting it retyped and set back up. And, uh, okay. And, <laughs> and uh, everybody's going to get a copy of it. And it just tells the history of Longstraw community and, all the things that went on and that with the church in particular. And everybody will get a copy of that, but I want to look back and see what God did empowering the people through the years to keep the church where it is today. And then looking forward, uh, that was 1857, a certain date in 1857 when the church was established. And so therefore it's been 160-something years, 150-something years. You want to do the math? Go ahead and do the math. Tell me what it is, 2023 minus 1857, and whatever that comes to, let me know in a minute. And so, somebody got it? Heard somebody? No? And, and figured it out yet? Got a calculator? 
And so that church, this church has been here that long, however long that's been. Somebody, come on, where are you? And so what about the next? Where are we calculating? Nobody's got it yet? 166 years, okay. <laughs> he didn't use calculator. 166 years this church has been here. We can look back and find the recording of it and the people that were influential. And how about the next 166 years? 166 years from now, whatever date that is, no need to do the math on that, never mind. But 166 years from now, can those people look back to now and see how we were influential in the church remaining influential in this community? Are we under the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Are we under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to where these people can look back 166 years from now and say, hey, my great, 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 you know, grandfather, grandmother, whoever it was, really did some work in this church, really did some things, and really, you know, this, that, and the other. Can, can it still be said 166 years from now? Will this church still be here? You know, if the world is still here, <laughs> if Jesus hadn't come back, what's this church going to be 166 years from now? Only through the leadership and the power of the Holy Spirit will it happen. Without it, it won't exist. It won't be here. This church won't be here. And so it has to be under the leadership and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, if you got that, if you got Him, you're moving forward. You're going to be witnesses wherever you go throughout the world. Okay?